0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Korin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit korin.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network.
3: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host here at Beer Sessions Radio. This is the first show of 2019. It's January 8th. It's a Tuesday. We've got a very special show. We're going to introduce everybody, but there's a very cool collaboration that happened with a number of some of the best New York City beer bar and establishments and interborough brewing. Uh, it's called Dead Press. So, uh, J- Joel from The Sampler, and uh, he's known as up at Uptown underscore Ales. And he's been associated with Uptown Beer Society, but he's really the main guy at the Sampler in Bushwick. He's a very important guy in New York City beer scene. Joel, welcome to the show, man, and introduce introduce the project that you guys worked on, and we'll get a chance to talk to everybody in the room because there's quite a few uh, other beer bar owners here and really uh, important New York City
4: beer guys. Cool. So um, at our opening a year ago at the Sampler, my whole vision was instead of getting these bigger craft beer brands to kind of like oh, I'm going to swipe, I'm going to support you, I'm going to give you this. I'm like, I'm going to start supporting way more uh, local breweries. Hopefully they appreciate it and they do a collaboration with us. And I just kept shooting ideas to different breweries and the first brewery to be like, hell yeah, I'm down, no problem, let's do it, was Jesse from Interboro, off the strength of nothing. And I told him, Um, To make it make more sense Because just putting our logo on a can Are we going to sell the beer? Is anybody going to want to buy the beer? I was like why don't I just incorporate everyone together Because strength in numbers is really Mm -hmm. important thing And I thought about everybody that had Dominican representation Because we wanted to make basically a Pilsner in August Around like Dominican Day Parade So I was like hey Bronx Beer Hall Has always employed Dominican females and males As far as I know since they first started Beer Wax was like no, no thoughts there. They're like our sister bar, really close friends of ours. And then, um, beer with flavor was part of the first collaboration. He's now the taproom manager at Other Half. And then uh I was like, I need somebody from Washington Heights. And I was like, it has to be Juan. I know Juan's been doing this thing. He's brewed at Kuka. He runs Bar one eighty, now Bar 177. So that's basically how I made everybody come together. So and, let's get
3: everybody's hat. So yeah. you want say hi, tell us about your place and uh, a little bit about the Dead Prez collaboration beer.
5: Yeah, my name is Juan from Bar 180 and Bar 177. Um yeah, these guys you'll know, reach out to so me. So you guys are you're in Manhattan? Man, yeah, Washington High. Yes, um, I had 12 years in the business. I used to work for Ambeers and uh, Oak, uh, between both companies. I had 12 years. And, yeah, like he said, uh, Joel reached out to me because I used to brew some stuff. We um, cook us and stuff. Um, we make the, these great collaborations. This is our second with Interboro.
3: So how did you guys make the collaboration? Jesse's here, too, from Interboro. I'm going to try to Shout get out. everyone to say Hi. But, um, you know, wh- wh- what's the process like when you have all these different guys? And, and who else is it? Anthony, were you part of it from Bronx Beer Hall? Yeah, absolutely.
6: And Jesse, you want to? Yeah, so uh, Joel originally stopped into the tasting room and talked to my business partner, Laura. And, um, you know, as soon as I spoke to Joel and and saw sort of what he had in mind and, you know, the, the group of people that was behind it, I, I just was for us obviously at Interboro, we've done a lot of collaborations and for us um there you know there's not a lot of outreach we can do within the beer community other than making beer with people and trying to push our product as much as we possibly can based on quality um so as a small business owner i we laura and i were both right away really interested in the idea of reaching out to a community that we didn't feel like we had much direct contact with and you know the dominican community in new york city huge vibrant awesome community of people and so working directly with a bunch of bar owners who could represent that community and help us bring a beer that was made for a specific community in New York City around a holiday that people love to celebrate all over the city um seemed like a great idea plus you know making a lager a beer that is really approachable by you know to to most people whereas you know in the past i feel like the you know craft beer community or craft beer makers in general have skewed so intensely towards just like, you know, wild flavors and, and esoteric beers where, where we could say, Hey, let's make a really good quality beer that everybody can get down. I,
3: I was in my, since we planned the show out, the response has been crazy. I mean, Brandon, the owner of a wanted to try the beer and, People of and Rafael Espinal is running for public advocate. Sorry, you couldn't make it. Some of you were expecting him on. He's on New York One right now, but he was like, "You got to get me some of the dead prez. It seems <laughs> to be that everyone's talking about it. And Chris, Chris uh, from Beerwax, you know, another great beer bar. Tell us a little bit about again your involvement. Um, well, this is
7: the uh the third uh collaboration we've done with Innerborough. So, when uh Joelle approached us uh, about doing uh the collaboration for El Perez, I was like it's a no-brainer. Um I love working with Innerborough. They're amazing folks. Uh, at Beerwax, we curate both amazing craft beer and vinyl records. Um we have a lot of great DJs that stop by. So, hip hop is one of the main main themes, so Jesse and I, you know, the owner and brewmaster, have connected on that, so it seemed like just a logical way to to be involved. Uh, Joel and I know each other from way back. We used to dream about, as people of color, as Dominicans in the craft beer industry, how can we make something. Uh, that matters to us and to our, to our people, our families, uh, beers that resonate uh, with the folks that drink a lot of lagers on the island. Uh, so it was really an amazing thing that we can all get together, a lot of different bar owners in, uh, across New York City, and make something like this happen.
3: So you, the other, other guys joined in too, like you know, Shane at Carmine Street and, and, and Anthony and Paul at Bronx Aww. Beer Hall. That's I mean, so how, how do... How do lagers do versus IPAs? Because for me, this, this is right on. So, what is this? This beer is, is what, Joel? It's a, v- Vienna, it's a Vienna style Vienna lager? St- style. Vienna
4: style lager. It's 50% Pilsner Malt, 50% Vienna Malt, right? Yeah. With a touch of Munich. Touch of Munich. So, I wanted to make something that was like kind of. I wanted to make something that was kind of like a Dos Equis. When I think winter, I think dark lager, but I didn't want something too dark like a Schwarz beer or like a Dunkel. I wanted something that had like a biscuity, like fruity, um effervescent feel to it but was also super crushable because El Prez was a dry hot pill, so I wanted to go winter and he made it happen. Jesse made it happen, per- picked the perfect ingredients and I'm pretty proud of it. Great. I'm applauding that. Yeah.
8: Yeah, yeah.
9: yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: Shane, how, how do things so your Carmine Street give us, tell us about your spot.
10: Yeah, so um my name is Shane. I'm from Carmine Street beers in the West Village of Manhattan. Uh, we're a family owned and operated bottle shop and bar. Um, yeah, uh, we do sell stuff from Interboro all the time, happily. <laughs> Take what we can get. Uh, yep.
3: Great, man. And 100% Indian
10: all. 100% Indian owned. 100% <laughs>
8: Indian
3: owned. So we got Sorry. Indian, Dominican, yeah. Puerto Rican,
8: <laughs> we're Puerto Italian.
11: <laughs> uh, so this is Anthony. My name is Paul Ramirez from the Bronx Beer Hall,
8: and uh, we opened the Bronx Beer Hall about six years ago with a real focus on local. So our whole thing was always like we wanted to keep it as local as we could get, and we always wanted to represent the culture of the Bronx. And the Bronx, as we know, is. Uh, largely Latin X, which is what they say, not Latino or Latina, Latin X. And um, like Joel said, you know, we make it a big point not only to feature. Is that gender
3: proof? Is that what it is? <laughs>
8: it's gender proof, exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes. <laughs> it took, I, I found that out last week. Um, but
4: um, my
3: preferred gender pronoun, <laughs> personal pronoun, is it he, she? Yeah, yeah they, they, we went to. We went, went to. Us.
4: Not to cut you off. We went to Fresh Fest, the first Black um, Brewery Fest in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they were calling our. T- table the a Latinx tent, yeah. and we didn't know what the <laughs> hell I <laughs> <laughs> <We laughs> had black shorties right. twerking right. The first time I had, I thought it was like Generation <laughs> X line, yeah,
8: and Latin yeah. Latino, I didn't that know that what it
3: was. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> cool. Hey, no, uh, so on the, on the way in, Joel said that you, you guys were a significant business in, at the Arthur Avenue market, weren't you? Like-
8: yeah, so we are located in the center of the Arthur Avenue retail market, and like I was saying, um, you know, our big thing was that we didn't, it wasn't just about um, opening a bar to make money, it was we wanted to represent local businesses and local culture and you know we go out of our way to um work local and and pr- promote local whenever we can and so uh we're big fan of interborough we're big fan of joel and everyone in the room right okay. and uh he hit up paul and you know started talking about the project and we were i mean 100 percent
11: in yeah yeah i mean we've we've so we're in, we're not a brewery by any means and we've done collaborations with uh you know with big alice where we've had a house a house sour we um, what was it mango apricot house sour right and that was actually created by one of our dominican employees it was her idea she wanted something that she knew would be sweet easy and that would uh, resonate with the dominican community say and, like, your name uh, andreina uribe yes um so that was all her her idea and then when Joel came with uh, to us with this uh, collaboration, you know, and an idea that we would actually have cans with our own branding, with the, you know all the logos of these all these great Latin-owned bars throughout New York City. I mean, how could we how could we decline it? You know, with our first night when we put El Prez on, we kicked the keg in less than three and a half hours. That's great. Yeah. We had a, we had a we had a bomba plena event, which is you know um, traditional Puerto Rican music. And it, obviously it was a full Latino crowd And they murdered the keg mm. murdered That's right. And it was well received And it was loved And the That's same right. thing when we, when we did the release for Dead Prez um, We had a Boma Plena event that same night Less than five hours that first keg went oh, nice. We killed two kegs in less, than, in less than 48 hours
3: Jesse, you like hearing that, don't you?
11: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, t- I like this Dead Prez beer a lot man. Yeah, this is really nice. cheers to you really guys chill. It's uh, Thank you. Thank you. That's a great beer for the season And Wanda's over you here it? The most enthusiastic <laughs> guy in the room here, besides Joel, and everyone. Every, and you guys are all like outstanding representatives of the craft beer community here. But but Juan, I've never met you, and just from this project, I've, I've learned about your bar. All so, bar goals.
5: 180 our goals. and
3: bar 177. Yeah, so, bar tell me about your bars. 1, are they near each other? What, they, what, what's the number? They're, near, the they're near,
5: um, Our Our vision is to be, to be honest with you, this is the first time I'm going to talk about it. I want to be, one of our bar had to be. Part of uh, one of the terminal, uh, either Delta or JetBlue. I want uh, This is how I see my my future with this company. Mm. And we need to be there representing a craft craft business because uh, every time I take a flight to go anywhere, uh, what I see is, is those big uh, companies that I'm not going to mention here, mm. um, and we don't have no quality on um, on those on those uh, places. So I, I see myself very farther, uh as a brand. I don't know if it's are gonna be about 180, about 177. but uh, whatever we're gonna do, we're gonna do it with a heart. And I see myself so flying.
3: You be bar jet blue.
5: <laughs> I don't know, but like, like, but this is one of the um, one of my focus that we need to be focused basically, uh, to be one of the those two terminal. Cause we, I, I'm Latin, I'm Dominican, so. Um, <laughs> and I wanted and I wanted to offer to my people a great stuff like uh, not only Dominican like Caribbeans, uh, and the entire Caribbean islands you know like uh, Puerto Rico um, Cubans um, every everybody be part of the uh, islands so I wanted to offer that choice you know what I what what I uh, experience you know like crab beer great great ingredient. Uh, great brewers and 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 quality, that's basically. Easy.
3: Uh, on that note, I'm gonna ask a question about beer culture. So like, it seems that do every country or every every region have a, a beer style that they like? Like for example, in some island countries like Jamaica, for some reason they're drinking Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. <laughs> you know, you guys have this this El Prez style. Does anyone want to talk about? the beer cultures of, you know, where they're from or how you see. Like, why was someone drinking a stout in the Caribbean, you know?
9: <laughs> well, I can't tell you much of that. I'm Leo, um, the owner of The Sampler and uh, partners with Beer Wax. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we came uh, with, the idea, especially speaking with Joel, Joel's been an amazing influence behind all of this. It's great that we have a platform that we can use and breweries such as Interboro that are open to uh, have us experiment with this kind of things, and, and uh, apparently it's been very successful. If I'm not wrong, uh, I think Alpres uh, oh, uh, Pilsner was one of the number one sellers uh, for Interboro the summer. And that goes to show. I mean, most of it, what mainly came out of the idea that we we gotta introduce our people's the craft beer business, which we own. We how can we introduce them? How can we how how can we get them? a gateway towards uh, drinking craft beer. They're so used to drinking everything that's out there that's not part of the craft beer culture. And, you know, the idea of coming up with a, a pilsner uh, called El Prez is, is a perfect example of, of how that coincided. Coincidentally, like, I did a little history on El Presidente Beer, and it's, it's a company that's started by an American that went into the uh, Dominican Republic and started Cervecería Nacional Dominicana, and uh, at the time, you know, it was, uh, it was 1929, around that time, 1930s, uh, there was a dictator, uh, Trujillo. So, obviously, they had to, uh, anything that had to do with business had to be run towards with the president. So, so he, he was smart enough. He, he <laughs> named, he named the beer a dictator called Pre- uh, Presidente. It started off as a dark beer, but it wasn't well-received in the country. Uh, it was on the, until the, like the '60s where it turned into a pilsner, the one that we drink today, and very successful beer. In the, that's that it's good. actually synonymously known as like a Dominican culture beer. Like you, you think about Presidente, you think about Dominican Republic, and it's a, just so refreshing. They serve it almost freezing cold in Dominican Republic because I guess it's the temperature. It's the best. And it's oh, a beer yes. <laughs> that it, it, honestly, it's a beer that I mean, Yo, as a consumer,
4: <laughs> what a napkin in the middle. <laughs> <Exactly. in it. laughs> <laughs> is that you're
9: saying? called? Uh, um, you, you, love you drink Estilo it de fast, novia. and then you
3: take the next one out of the ice. No, nah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely.
9: They actually have the refrigerators uh, at the the temperature just, uh, just above the freezing, freezing. level, <laughs> because they serve it as they say the de novia. and it's like uh, as a bridesmaid, which is uh, dressed in white, which is like uh, you know a little frosty. <laughs> I think Chris, uh, by the way, did a nice little review on beers in Dominican Republic. Unfortunately, couldn't really find that many. It was just such a, um, uh, it's a monopoly um, of beers owned by certain companies. I mean, like, again, it was just taken over by uh, Ambev, which was uh, now runs uh, pretty much takes over, which is interesting to, to know uh, as... Once it got taken over by Ambev, <laughs> Ambev. and we come out with the Depp, uh, El Prez, I was just wondering to know, because I know uh, um, Jesse has some issues when we had the label uh, uh, with us. I don't know if Jesse wants to speak uh, a little bit upon that.
4: Shout-outs to Santo Domingo Brewing Company that opened their doors this year, by the way.
9: Oh, nice.
4: Craft Brewery. We're in Pretty full right. contact with them. Future plans coming yes. soon. All right, Joel. <laughs> this is the whole
3: thing is, what's Joel's future plans? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell you, what, we're, let's just do this. We're, we have a lot to talk about. And Jesse, do you want to say anything about the El Prez or the um, intellectual property? Yeah, anything? intellectual
6: property rights are kind of a bummer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they, uh, they El President uh, Presidente reached out to us um, right after all the beer was sold. And so we, we agreed not to do that label again. That was um, when we did Dead Prez. It, it was... Uh, we, we, we removed the the medallion um that would be reminiscent of the President logo um you know for for when we first all got together to brew the na- the brew, the name El Prez really came from though the idea that hey we're making a a, a a lager that's good from a bunch of Dominicans let's you know El Prez seemed like the the Prefuge. the, the Prefuge. obvious name so and, and we all agreed on it right away um and I think it you know what we did with the label in terms of putting the Dominican flag on it and making it something that Dominicans could relate to even as the label did um inspire a certain level of pride within the community and I think that that, that worked for us um and helped get even more people talking about it and more people um to try the beer, which was the goal right was to make a beer that people would was a craft beer that people would be open to trying um just because when we all met the first time, it was like, well, how often do you hear people be like, well, I don't want to try that; it's too heavy, it's too too much flavor, right. too hoppy, too. Yeah. And we were just trying to get past all those barriers.
3: That we, people you know have. what's great about it? We're gonna take a short break. Now, since the, I've been looking at the Dead Prez label, I want to go to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio.
9: Gotta start in the heights. I swear to God.
1: Koren's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and the rarest natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Koren is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant, for more information, visit corin dot
3: Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we're with the Latin X show today, man. <laughs> so I was just saying, this this dead press beer Where's that I? um the, the, these guys made with Innerboro is so inspiring. I was just saying that since we've been playing this show, the, the identity and the story behind it has made me not only crave this beer and want to drink it, made me want to go to Dominican Republic. And Juan, you got inspired, so. Tell, t- talk more about this collaboration that you guys did.
5: Yeah, um, my name is Juan from Bar 180 One Eighty and Bar One Seventy Seven, Washington High. So um, this is myself talking. Um, for this beer collaboration, what I feel important is that everyone here in this beer collaboration made some uh, like made so important um, uh, contribution. When they all together made like a, a three sixty promotion. Um, Where it's become this beer collaboration and the first one, so a lot of people follow up uh, Joel's, the bars, and you know, and whoever is part of this beer collaboration. Shout out to uh, beer flavors. From the uh, first one, um, and people react to that, you know, like, and that's made us to be strong because we all united. Uh, Paul is Puerto Rican, you know, like, uh, we have some good uh, brother from the island. It doesn't, it, you know, for him, it doesn't matter that if he's Dominican or Puerto Rican. It's just we all we come together, 100%. and this is what we represent. We represent the Caribbean, and we represent Latin people. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. NYC awesome. rocking. <laughs> so I think that also
9: uh, this is Leo from the Leo. sample again I think what resonated a lot also is the label, the label with the flag Dominicans in general are very uh, prideful and, and la- la- Latino people in general are like like uh, very prideful and showy off, uh, to, to say the least. But when they see the flag, they're like, Yo, I want that. I mean, I got people calling me from all over the place because yeah. they just saw it They didn't even care what it tastes like or not. And then on top of that, it tasted amazing. I mean, it was just a win win situation. Mm-hmm. So kudos to um, Jesse and Interboro. Thank you a lot. That's a piggyback so on them. Yeah, for that, sure. That whole label is just amazing. It's just amazing to see uh, such a, a great company and a crappier business like Interboro. And showing the flag, like it's amazing. It's just a, a crazy, crazy thing for anybody to see that in the neighborhood. And like, yo, I want that beer. And that's that's a perfect example of what we're trying to do well, and introducing our yeah, people in, in the in the business. Even even the
11: fact that like everybody wanted that beer it says something that there was enough buzz and enough noise around it that Ambev was like, oh, hey, guys, uh, you need to stop doing that. Why why (laughs) are you guys, why these
4: bars and all these other craft beer bars in New York and not us?
11: Exactly. (laughs) And we we were the only ones rocking it. You got to think, five bars, you know, it was in in various shops. Um, Interboro had it on, on site at the brewery as well. And for them, for us to make enough noise via just social media, to uh, and have this, you know, obviously it's a, it's an old, it's a it's a head nod to to Presidente as yeah. it is, but for them to hit us up and be like, hey, you know what, you need to stop doing that.
4: <laughs> I that. Yeah, if you check the hashtag Summer you know, of Pills, yeah. um, it's just us and Threes valet all summer, like right. post, post, yeah. post, yeah. post, yeah. post, totally. post, post. And I think you know we told
11: Jesse he needs to frame the letter that they sent, mm-hmm. and we need to all have a have a <laughs> copy uh, in, in all of our bars. <laughs> That's <laughs> a sign of success, That's That's sign of success. exactly. <laughs>
6: yeah until they make a signed non-disclosure agreement so
11: <laughs> <laughs>
6: no but i think that the what, you know what the fun part of a collaboration like this is is wor- is getting an opportunity to make something um, for you know with a large group of people who are all going to get behind it and then everybody goes out and says hey look what we did and has so much pride and is so happy with the final product and and that the the quality of it is is something that everybody can get behind that's I think what it's like amplification in a city that's you know like New York City a small city where like the beer scene is like sort of like an underground niche thing that that people either you know are either down with or some people just are completely oblivious to. It gave us an opportunity to make something that sort of um, was outside of the typical beer geek beer sort of thing and 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 it got and then we had you know on the first one we had five. Five different brands and this one we have six different brands who are all out there talking about it. And that's part of what makes it um, such a fun project to be involved in because you're you're it's a group effort to like, hey, let's see how many people we can get talking about and this and like, see how many
4: people we can get to drink it. To add to that, we're also representing our own culture. Like there's a lot of not to shun anybody, but there's a lot of uh, breweries in New York and around the United States Using terms like on the 6th train Never been to the Bronx Using Latino ingredients Not doing anything <laughs> for the neighborhood I gotta say it because it's not fair Using words like Burley Oak Coquito Like what does that have to do with y'all Our grandmothers make Coquito every year And like we drink it and share Like we can't even make that beer now Or we're going to still make it But it's like why are you trying to beat us in a rat race When it has to do with representing our own culture So thank God like nobody beat us to this rat race <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, we want to represent our own people in our communities and give back. And we are that gateway into drinking better. All these bars, like, never, like, we get big brands begging us. And we say no every single day, no matter how financially unstable. 100%. Yeah. We become, like, yeah, we, exactly. stick, we stay real. We're like, nah, we're serving only craft. <laughs> yep. I don't care if you're going to swipe. Straight yeah. up. And that's wait, wait, Chris goes Chris next.
7: I mean, just oh. a quick piggyback, and it's a little bit of a tangent, but it's related. And the appropriation of hip hop culture and a lot of labels. And I wonder. I mean, there are a lot of brewers that are really into hip hop, but some that I'm wondering, like, do they really know that album or what they're trying to say? Or who's buying By saying that, right. you know, I know for for a fact that Edinburgh uh, lives up to that. Uh, because <laughs> yes. um,
6: I love hip hop. Jesse is
7: has you know serious pedigree in hip hop. Uh, you can check his resume, but there there are other places that you, you just wonder like are they just trying to ride you know the bandwagon with with something that's that's catchy. Right so, now. The
5: <laughs> so going back to uh, this is uh, Juan from Bar One Eighty and Bar One Seventy Seven. Going back what you said uh, early, um, like in my bar personally I do one percent of imported and eighty percent New York State uh, beer company. And the other rest is wow, all over the place, like California, San Diego's, you know, and all of those places have great beer. Um, well, like he said, like, um, we're unique, you know, we're more like more local, you know, we support local business, we go every single day to all local business and consumer. And my family, when I want to take uh, a, day, a dinner. Uh, I go to a local business and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not traveling out of the state like to New Jersey uh, and close state to eat or to drink I consume what we have here and I read a lot before we take uh, any single product to our bar because this, for us it's very important. So
3: yeah, Joe, t- tell us about building the community because you've really been I think you're called the beer whisperer Yeah,
4: your Uptown <laughs> Ales Uptown Beer <laughs> yeah, yeah. Society building beer a whisperer. community for sure. So, it. um Five years ago. Let's
3: so, pop no. another beer, too. I know yeah, you guys brought a going. bunch. We beers. brought
4: all, yeah. by the way, we brought all beer that's uh, have that's people of color. So we got Harlem, we got Dykeman, we got Equilibrium. We got other half, which is employed Dominican and uh, Puerto Rican brewers.
3: Let's try a, We'll try uh, Dykeman Dyke and uh, yeah. Equilibrium. We brought
4: okay. all people of color beers. Um, So my backstory is I got into beer about six, seven years ago. And I had my first craft beer at Bronx Ale House in the Bronx because I'm The mother of my children my one child um was a big foodie and beer head so we would travel from there to beer international all uptown buddha beer bar and that's how i kind of got into beer and then i said wait i need a job like this stuff is awesome let me try to get a job so i went on craigslist and i got a job at the sampler uh five years ago where i met richard mercado which met leo Taneo, which made the sampler happen and you never know who's sitting at your bar. So law of attraction is real and you should really like find out what people are doing in your establishment. After that, I was picked up by Taproom 307. I was mentored by Haley and Steven, which opened Beer Barrio down the South uh, Ann Barset, um, Basera. I'm sorry. And then I went on to open up uh the territory of the Bronx under SKI Beer Distributors. Paul being number one account of mine, yep. always supporting. <laughs> it, uh, we've done it. a ton of events. I was always looking in my a niche in my portfolio because he would not buy anything that wasn't made in New York. Yeah, so I'm like, oh shit, they make uh, Speakeasy in uh, in uh, Hebrew. Oh, they make the, um, what was it? Monty Python at Saratoga. Let's do a movie night. Yeah. So we would always like. He'd be like, fine, as long as and he he would look at a Montauk and be like, yo, bro. This is made in Massachusetts. You trying to get straight me in trouble? Up, like, straight up. <laughs> I'll pick this shit up. <laughs>
3: yeah, they're gonna shout
4: call it. They listen,
3: they listen to the show. A lot yeah, of shout people, a lot of people.
4: Yeah. Nah, it's not against Montauk. A lot of people build up their brands and they, you know, they have contracts in other places because it's hard to get a contract in New York. Speaking of hard to get a contract, Dykeman couldn't get a contract in the air for a long time. And finally, flagship made three beers for them. And uh uh, Torch and Crown in the Bronx made a few beers for them, so thankfully. So but Let's
3: taste a Dykeman. I haven't tasted yeah, a Yeah, it's a Chinola oh.
4: whisk So what Chinola is, is passion fruit. This has lime peel and coriander. Um, Hugo the Chinola is served at all the chimichurri trucks late at night when you're drunk in Washington Heights, the Bronx, Harlem. You get a nice chimichurri, which is like a Chopped burger kind of sandwich with cabbage. And you get a tall glass of the sweetest passion fruit juice with ice. It's still sweet as hell. (laughs) You can make four drinks out of that. But anyway, to continue, after SKI Beer, I worked for Randolph Beer, uh, Prospect Heights Beer Works, City Hops. All around New York, just learning every single thing I needed to know before um, becoming an operating partner at the sampler. So distro, management, assistant management, bartender. Server, everything. It's like you have to learn how to wipe a table before you give orders. I don't care. A lot of people open up establishments and never swept the floor in their life.
3: That's great. Great introduction, Joel. So who wants to tell me about this beer? So Dykman. I mean, I, I met the guys before, but I, I didn't really know where they were making beer and, and, and where yeah. they're at.
4: Juan Camilo is the founder. I help him on the side trying to get into accounts and bring awareness to his brand. He just fell in love with beer. He used to work in Wall Street. And um, he made this one that we're drinking right now at Flagship because they have a nice canning line. And um, yeah, he's a one-person army. Besides me, he's trying to open up actually on 10th Ave where Umbrellas was. So he's trying to get his investors to move forward and the and bu- building management to move forward and have the one of the only breweries in Manhattan that exists. In Inwood, right? Yeah, In Inwood, yeah. right by uh, between 207 and Dykeman Street.
3: Great. And let's have some of the guys. So, so Shane, Paul, you know, let's talk about some of the beers you're selling. It seems like you guys are selling a lot of New York beers. What what are the philosophies that you have as 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 a beer spot? I mean,
11: the, the point of the Bronx Beer Hall, you know, like like my brother said earlier, um, we were all about celebrating Bronx culture and really reintroducing. We're inside of a historic, historically landmark building. Uh, the district is historic for being uh, Italian, mostly, with only Puerto Ricans inside of the market space. So that's what you're... Um, so
3: you're the first Latinx business... Latinx business, yeah. Latinx. ...in the market. <laughs> sure. I, pick, I pick up with, on things within, fast. Within, Come on. Within
11: the, the Arthur Avenue market setting, right? So we know that Arthur Avenue is the number two tourist destination in the borough, so... How do you how do you lure more tourists how do you how do you ensure that you know we're reintroducing Bronx ice to Arthur Avenue but still entertaining um, what the tourists are doing there and introducing them to what Bronx culture is today so with that we were like we had to stay 100% New York you know from our wines uh, to our to our all of our beer set up like everything has been 100% New York for the past we, we're gonna be coming up on our six six year anniversary six year now anniversary, yeah. February. Uh, February 1st all right February first six years and um, And it was just just a no-brainer. Was it difficult six years ago to find strictly New York brands? Uh, Yeah. Hell yeah, right. Uh, But with the boom, you know, with just the boom in the craft beer industry, um, New York City and New York State has seen, you know, a large number of breweries come in. Some have come come in open and folded, and others are thriving, you know. So we've made really great relationships with these breweries from the minute they open their doors. And now, you know, we get allocated. We We get a lot of... Very, you know, all the limited releases come to us first, like we, we get hooked up because they know that we're pushing their brand only, you know, only pushing it further and we're pushing it to an entirely different demographic than they would. On and the one market.
3: thing specific about where you guys are at the Arthur Avenue market. So if I'm shopping in the market, can I get a, a pint of, of, of beer from your bar and walk around while I'm shopping?
11: Hell yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i tell the SLA, but sure. I don't know if that's legal, <laughs> <laughs> but you could <can> do it.
3: <laughs> and then Shane, tell me about, call, a little more Carmine Street beer.
10: Yeah, so actually, we opened Carmine in thirteen, so uh, we're gonna celebrate six years in August too. It's your West West Village, right?
3: West Village.
10: So yeah, I mean, originally when we opened, it was only it was strictly retail. Um, And part of the reason we did open is um, it used to be a print shop, which was also run by my family. Uh, But in the summers, you know, my dad, you know, with all these giant like copying machines that would take up the entire floor space, it got hot in there, and you know, like. We had a wine store next door. There was a bodega down the corner, but you know, at the end of the day, you really want that beer Cold when it's really beer. hot out. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the corner bodega was your first option where Corona was $16.50 a six pack in 2013. Wow. Which was ridiculous. Dang. Yeah. And then your next wow. best option <laughs> was to hop Is that on the with hot. Lusi? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no Lusi, no yeah. Lusi's in the West
11: Village. Yeah. yeah.
10: So uh, your next best option is to jump on the F, take a two stops, and go to the Whole Foods on Houston. Mm. Uh, neither which were great for anybody in the neighborhood. So you know, as the printing star, uh, as a printing shop, kind of slowed down as time went on. My dad was like, "Well, what do we do?" And We kind of hopped into beer, just kind of accidentally, because he was like, "Well, there's no good place to buy beer. We should do that." I don't think Corona should cost that much.
3: Do, do you guys, do other guys, feel that you, you you hit that spot, the sweet spot, where you're like the first place in your neighborhood? Serving really good beer.
4: Yeah. (laughs) We were the first. I was the first employee, so I'm going to claim it. The Sanford has been (laughs) open for like five, six years, and we continued that. We were open before any craft beer bar. In In Bushwick. Bushwick In Bushwick, in Jefferson Street. There's nothing but KCBC and us right now.
10: And just to be clear, we weren't the first. The Tiger, and there's a whole bunch of great establishments right by us, but none of them sold
7: retail beer. So that's what we were the first to do.
10: First person
4: to call it, though.
7: <laughs> there's that. And there's definitely in, uh, in Prospect Heights uh, quite a few spots. Uh, some of those folks actually have been mentors to me, like uh, Joe from Hops Hill. Uh, but I wanted to actually do a quick plug. You, uh, Jimmy, mentioned building culture. Um, and I was really floored. Every time I go to the Bronx Beer Hall, I'm floored by how they build culture. They're Thank in the Bronx, the birthplace of hip-hop, have amazing DJs, and you see nothing but young brown and black folks having a great time um, that may be future crappier consumers, um, but it's it's incredible. I was a former educator, and I worked in the Bronx, and to see... I'm in my 40s, so I can say they are young people. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing, that what they're doing in the Bronx Beer Hall. They're
3: Thank all you. young Thank people you. now. You guys,
4: have to, you guys have to check out UVS Saturdays. It's every first, first Saturday. First if Saturdays. you stand there from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., you will see a drastic change from, like, tourists to, like, kids of color just dancing and having a great time. Well, neat let's talk yeah. about New York City is
3: a city of color. I mean, I my kid's in public school. I take the subways. You, you you go outside of certain neighborhoods And this city is a city of color And I think we should talk about that a little bit more I, I wanted to really more represent your businesses But we should talk about it It was funny because like you're talking about five, six years ago Five years ago, people want, wanted me to do oh, You have to do a show about race and beer And we tried to do that But there wasn't really a lot of representation But people didn't really know how to talk about it you know. And then a couple years ago A guy, a Thrillist writer, wrote an article about race and beer And it won a James Beard Award And it was the only time a beer article has won a james beard award but now what you guys are doing you guys really have have to tell me what what's going on so let's Uh, talk about that's
9: awesome because that's exactly what i wanted to piggyback on uh uh, big shout out to bronx beer i went there last year this is leo by the way from the sampler last year for the first time i was floored exactly what chris said chris actually took me up there he's like i gotta go check out this place i've never been there and it was just that. It's exactly the vibe. I'm, you know, we're trying to do at the sampler. The vibe that I'm sure that Chris is trying to do at Beerwax. And it's just uh, the culture of New York. You know, I was born and raised in Bushwick. I seen the transformation out here. I mean, where we're at right now, Robertos, we could not walk around here in 20. 20- 30 years ago, this was all full of hookers and bikers and, God, and, you know, and the graffiti was, like, unwanted. Now you see people touring to look at graffiti, <laughs> which which is amazing to me. Like, what the hell is going on? But it's all good and it's all love. It's because there's an appreciation of this culture. Like, there's nothing that's not influenced by hip-hop anymore, and there's nothing that's not influenced by Latino culture or or culture in general with, with black culture. It's just a, it's just this New York vibe that has really just come back and has come really, really strong, which is why it's being adopted by all these major companies. And there's nothing like... I mean, there's, I challenge you to look around and see that's something that's not influenced by what... Uh, Big Daddy Kane wore back in the day when it comes to chains and hairstyles and just the vibe is just so dope. It's, it's amazing. So I'll set the sampler. I mean, this is the direction we're going. When I first went to the sampler, I, w- I was there as a customer, and it was nothing like what we're doing right now. We're incorporating the graffiti, and um, and that's the way I'll put just like a Beer Weiss does with the vinyl, and Interboro does, uh, has a history with the hip-hop. And Bronx Beer Hall is doing the, the dopest shit with the, with their stuff up there, with the dancing and the young vibe, and so that's what it's all about. I think that's what we're, the direction we're trying to head and, and spearhead is that is to embrace the New York culture the way it was, and also incorporate what the new, the new and the old all at once.
3: Uh, hold on, guys, one second. We to take a short break uh, for a, com- a sponsorship break. I'm right back and finish up the show in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. Oh, by the way, this is our 10th anniversary. Uh, there's been, I don't know how many shows, but over 450 episodes of Beer Sessions Radio. But keep keep going, heritageradionetwork.org. There's going to be a lot of events happening this year. There's going to be Hall of Fame announcements of, of our best guests and best shows uh, from all the other shows in the network as well. So just keep checking us out. Heritage Radio Network, Dollar. So this is a great show today. We're talking about the Dead Prez collaboration um, with a number of New York City beer bars of color in Interboro. Um So, Joel, uh, let's keep let's keep this going. We've got some great conversations going. You brought your buddy Matt from... Yes. Matt, tell us about Uptown Beer Society and a little bit about, about what you're doing in this project, the Cheer, collaboration. Cheers, beer.
12: everyone. This is uh, Matt from the Uptown Beer Society and The Sampler. Uh, part of what we try to do in Uptown Beer Society is celebrate and highlight these like cultural gems that we have that are not only exclusive in the product and the services that they do like Bronx Beer Hall, they're inclusive. So you never feel like an outsider. It's a lot like a family environment. And uh, Yeah, well, Uptown Beer Society, we try to make a network of places where people who of color don't necessarily know that there's an access to drinking great beer because it's always billboards of these major corporations. And a lot of it is just we just don't know any better. So...
3: And when did you start talking about this idea? And
4: me and Joel, Joel developed Uptown Beer Society in 2014, was it? Yeah, we just wanted to spearhead something. We didn't want to wait around. No one was trying to like pretty much invest in us. So we said, hey, let's make Uptown Beer Society kind of like Sons of Anarchy type vibes because we all ride bicycles and like we're all in like bad neighborhoods, but we drink good beer and we like do good for the public. So we sponsored events, we have brought good beer to events, we've done bottle shares at restaurants and bars, which allow us to go and basically buy food, tip out the staff, and then open a ton of beer and share with staff, bar so- owners. Something else that
12: we're really proud of doing, too, is bringing a lot of people to places like Bronx Beer Hall or Bar 180, places that essentially don't have uh, a lot of access to certain neighborhoods, and we were able to show them, like, there's great beer in these places, and
5: Yeah those guys the soldier I remember uh one time it's about uh one by 180 by 177 or percentage so I remember that some 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 way you gotta have an, uh, an event and they call the police on you guys yeah we
4: basically <laughs> had a bottle share um What's the, at uh, the Cloisters, we had a bottle share. Someone's, you know, we we're trying to do some, we what always, every month, I class. every month I we I try class. to do a cultural bottle share and switch it up. Like it's born to just open beer. Was that be a tapestry? Was that a tapestry viewing party as well? <laughs> so we did a bottle share on the waterfront with uptown runners, which is like a, these guys that run for miles and stuff. And someone wrote a letter <laughs> to the local precinct and said that we were going to do that. So police came. Thank God I wasn't there. yet with all the dope beer I had. But we basically took that shit to Harlem. at you and you and with still a picture turned up. Like, yeah. You see
9: this guy here? We got haters. Oh, they had a picture of him. Yeah. The like beer outlaws. Wow. The beer outlaws. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The coldness. <sighs> Trademark. And this is this
8: is uh, this is Anthony from the from the Bronx Beer Hall, and I want to say first thanks to everyone for just uh, to support and shouting us out. I mean, it yeah. means a lot to Cheers. us. Cheers. Um, and we started it, you know, we started it really for ourselves. We were tired of going to Manhattan and drink, and we wanted to stay in the Bronx. <laughs> you know? And we were like, yeah, what would we do if we were in the Bronx? What, what kind of place would we open? And, and you know, we did it. And, uh, you know, you guys embraced it, and we really appreciate that. Um, but I also want to say what I think is a big deal, and, you know, we've had a small business now for 12 years, and we had the bar for six years, is that um, it's a big deal for all these different companies to be supporting one another because, you know, you open a small business in New York and New York's a tough place to run a business. And everyone thinks they're, you know, you're competing with them. Oh, this guy's trying to take money out of my mouth. They're trying to take money from my kids. And it's not, it's not the way, you know, we do business. It's not the way it is. And so I think it's a big deal that, you know, all these companies of color can get together, support one another, and we all eat out of the same project. Exactly. Come get, <laughs> <Yeah. All right.
9: laughs> Come get a plate.
12: That's Come get uh, a plate. The Bronx Beer Hall actually hosted, uh, Joel and I with Uptown Beer Society, we collaborated with an underground brewery called First Borough Brewing. Awesome guys with a little brewery in their basement in the Bronx. And we made a beer uh, inspired by my mother's candy yams, and we used the proceeds of the donations from the beer with Bronx Bear Hall, we made a big donation to Puerto Rico and the hurricane relief.
4: Yeah, right. big breweries can't right. donate to Latin countries who are suffering. Right, That's right, That's right. But well, we can. Well, I, I think
3: about small businesses. You, you guys are right about working together because at the end of the day, it's almost like craft breweries versus the big macro. You're only a small slice of the pie. You know, most people are going to chain restaurants, chain stores, and so Ooh. anything you guys are doing is only a, a ripple effect. You know, so there could be a thousand businesses like yours working together, and you still would have an uphill battle. So I'm that's I'm proud part, of you right? guys and well, doing a great that's, job. That's
9: exactly perfect. I mean, that, this is why we're doing what we're doing. It's genius. You know, Joe's perfect uh, for the sampler and our mission to uh, introduce uh, craft beer to. Um, our communities, uh, people that are not traditionally known to be drinking craft beer. like I mean, I think Jesse was referring to uh, uh, making references to before, like the the bearded guy with the flannel shirt, you know, drinking uh, craft beer. Latinos and blacks. They, I forgot you need, my flannel. And the beard. But they, they got uh, this, this introduction will only benefit actually all, all these craft beer um, uh, the industry in general. I mean, if, I don't think, if you don't know, I mean, the population of Latinos in new york is it's pretty astronomical it, it, if you go to washington heights it's, it's pretty much a country up there of dominicans <laughs> and if they like craft beer and they know about interval where you think they're going to buy their next beer from is going to be from interval we're all so, about so just embracing
4: go. who you are and take whatever lifestyle culture that it, that is authentic to you and and fuse that with craft beer that's it everybody we love beer and we're all different and that's you know it just let's embrace each other and just make I, shit accessible yeah. i think
6: i think a lot of what's cool about craft beer in, in, in it fits really well in new york city because it's about defining community in a lot of ways it's a way of taking a sort of niche thing that you that you're into that doesn't necessarily define who you are but you get you're able to invest your personality in it and your invest your style in it and you're able to invest your you know sort of you know, in a lot of ways, in craft beer, we talk about it, and you know, you're, you're sort of voting with your money, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna spend your money buying things that you believe in, and I, you know, I think New York City, with its very diverse communities all over, you know, all over the city, it, it it's a great city for for creating these niche. Um, products or businesses or you know sort of scenes or cultures or whatever and so you know what i, I what i really like about the the el prez and the dead prez project is how we sort of been able to bring together a bunch of different communities and and get behind something that's that everybody can believe in and is supporting like i said earlier so many different businesses getting involved behind one project so we're able to amplify it really really loudly and, and really make a lot of noise about it
4: and then, next steps, Joel, what, what are you going to do next? I just wanted to give a big shout-out to Harlem Hops in Harlem. Uh, first bl- yeah, 100% yeah, black-owned yeah. craft beer bar. Kevin! Shout-outs to yeah. them.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> um, there's also another uh, uh, beer store bar called Craft Culture, which is Ecuadorian-owned. So, shout-outs to them. And there's, cool. and there's probably a ton that we're trying to, you know, form this kind of Avengers thing and, like, just continue collaborations around the five boroughs. And shout-outs to Killsborough too, which is... Uh, Uh, half Puerto Rican owned. They have a black taproom manager and they're giving jobs back to people of color. So shout out to them
5: as well. Great. Can we send here in this spot? Like, what we're going to be brewing for the next. That's what I want to know, yeah. Let's see. What's going What's on? What's the next
3: collaboration? <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure,
12: Jesse.
5: No pressure. <laughs> Let's put some pressure on We're going to go back
9: to the cloisters, big time. <laughs> well, we talk, <laughs> <laughs> We actually. Tamarind, barley,
4: <laughs> imperial
9: porter.
6: Hey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we actually might do a liquor this year with Jesse. We were talking about doing a spirit yeah, that's kind of reminiscent of God
3: That's right. So, Inner oh, oh, Bar, oh, your, oh, your beer yeah. and spirits. On that note, Quick back, so the El Prez was su- such a successful pilsner. Jesse, as a brewer, you know, there's recipes out there, but then there's recipes. What was it like for you making that beer? Was it any different from another pilsner? Did you really have to, to Well, with, with the El Prez, what
6: we really tried to focus on was the hop character that would be, you know, m- more sort of tropical and sort of have hints of... What people think about when they're going to Dominican Republic, as opposed to like a real straight noble hop character. So, um, damn if I can remember what Seterian we actually. Dragon oh, of yes. Styrian dragon handsome. Oh yes. No 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 <laughs> no no. Styrian, 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 dragon. I'm yeah. Styrian. So we did. We had, we actually. <laughs> we we did pick a hop for that beer that was very specifically like tropical in character. And for the Dead Press too, we, we, uh, we chose a German hop that had like a who melon, which is a, got like a melon character, but it's still a German hop. So we've we, every single every single one, both these beers we've crafted in a way where we're, we're sort of making flavors that we think of as as tropical or Dominican or whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. But we're still I mean, my goal is, is definitely been just to make beers that people can drink and say, oh, that's beer. You know what I mean? Because we didn't want to make anything that was too, you know, outside the, the outside the realm of, hey, we're making a Pilsner. Hey, we're making a lager. We wanted to make beers that people who like beer would drink.
3: All right. Guys, you guys are awesome. Let's quickly, everyone introduce themselves one more time, and we're going to have to sign off.
6: Joel
10: Suarez
4: from the Sampler and Uptown Beer Society.
10: Shane Montero from Carmine Street
11: Beers in the West Village.
8: Anthony Ramirez from the Bronx Beer Hall in the Bronx.
11: Paul Ramirez from the Bronx Beer Hall.
6: Matt from Uptown Beer Society and The Sampler. Jesse from Innerborough in Brooklyn, New York City.
9: Leo from The Sampler in Bushwick and Beerwax in Prospect Heights. Juan well, from Bar 180 and Bar 177.
3: And soon Bar Jeb Blue. <laughs>
7: Chris Maestro from Beerwax and Prospectites.
3: Wow, this was a great show, guys. What a way to kick off 2019. Yeah. And yeah. it's, again, the, the beer I've been thinking about for weeks, and it's inspiring me, and you guys are doing a great job. We'll do a lot more of these collaboration shows. Big shout-out, thanks to everybody. Producer Justin Kennedy, Engineer Matt Patterson, Dylan Hoyer, our intern. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Woo. All right. Woo!